Fortnite in Film is a podcast where every week you get the chance to listen in on a group of film lovers chatting about the great, or not so great, movies that we've been watching over the past fortnight. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of A Fortnight in Film. I'm your host Jason. And I'm your co-host George. I'm your other co-host Christian. Thanks for tuning in. Before you this are on episode for the first time, uh, this will be a monthly thing going forward. Um, we won't be doing the normal format for these monthly get-togethers. Um, just be talking about topics we've chosen, but we'll hopefully give some interesting debate and discussion. And on a point of a format, we'll be making a little change to it starting from next week. So you'll all get more details about that in episode six. So let's kick it off with the first topic, which is what is the best year in film? Now, obviously, this is a very uh, subjective thing to talk about. There's no one answer. And, and I, I do think uh, George is the more well-versed in older films. So I'm really looking forward to him carrying this entire segment for me. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm not even talking about a year before 2000. I'm talking about 2019. <laughs> but... You actually transported yourself to the 21st century. <laughs> I nearly lost money on that bet, um, only because I didn't put money on it. Because um, yeah. Jason wouldn't yeah. take the bet, frankly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we were both very, very wrong. I'm surprised you're picking something in the 2000s. Actually. Yeah, I know, I know. I was, I was leaning towards, you know, something in the 40s or 50s, but I'm, I'm going, I'm going modern. Well, I might kick it off because this is my topic. I'll actually talk about the year because I was, I was very tough to decide. I was tossing up between 2008 and 2007. I've gone with 2007, but I'll just talk briefly about 2008 first. So I picked 10 films from each year. I'm not going to talk about all 10 films, obviously, because we don't have all day. So there's there's four films I'd call out, which are just amazing to me. Uh, Gran Torino, uh, The Wrestler, The Hurt Locker, and you could probably chuck The Dark Knight in there. I'm not a big fan of superhero films. I don't like them whatsoever, um, but I do think that Heath Ledger in the dark knight is still we're still a the best joker ever and just you could make the case for this just one of the best like acting performances in any superhero movie ever like he's just he's incredible yeah i have a question too actually before you continue i'm sorry to interrupt but um are we actually because i agree i'm not a superhero film person either george are you on the same page is this are all three of us not superhero people I am partly a superhero person. Uh, you ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> we could have rebranded the whole podcast because he... <laughs> I know <laughs> I had to be the one. Um, I like I like them. I think some of them are overrated, but for me, I can turn my brain off and watch. So I like some of the Marvel films. I do, but you know, and I I like the Dark Knight. I think it's overrated as well. But I do like a good superhero film. Sometimes it's partly nostalgia. I watched a lot when I was a child. So, yeah, sorry to ruin the you know the the circle of superhero heat. Yeah, uh, that's disappointing. All right. The, the, the good thing is we're all still united in our hate for joke reviews on Letterbox. So yes, that's true. true. Um, that's true. Yeah, we we are we are all against joke reviews on Letterbox. And actually, I'm I really. Uh, oh. When I when I find a joke review and I laugh at it, I get so upset I have to flog myself. 
self-flagellate. How dare you laugh at this <laughs> trash? You <laughs> shouldn't be laughing at that. Anyway, I'm sorry, Jason, continue. <laughs> yeah, Jason, carry on, carry on. <laughs> All good, that was a nice little uh, diversion. So those are sort of four, like, fantastic films I'd call out. Um, I haven't actually rated for Dark Knight because I haven't seen it in so long, but I think before the other films I mentioned, Gran Torino, The Hurt Locker, and The Wrestler, I all gave five stars to. You know, Harsh cut in and say, one of my favourite films is from 2008, which is In Bruges. Have you guys seen that? I have seen it many years ago, but I haven't, I haven't, I've forgotten what happened, so. No, I saw it, and so I was, what, like 19 uh, at the time it came out, and I did, didn't pay enough attention to it. I think it was middle of something, and I remember thinking it was boring, but I also didn't give it the proper attention. Um, so it is, it is actually pretty high up on my list of movies that I think I'm going to like more now that I'm an adult and, and, and will sit down and, and actually watch it, yeah. I mean, look, it's got a it's got a dwarf snorting cocaine. So if that's if that's perfect for you, you like weird stuff. So it's right up your alley. That's perfect. It's like you've been into my internet search history. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all over it. Absolutely. Um, no, I I fully believe yeah. I will love that movie when I rewatch it now. Okay, sorry for the diversion again, Jason. You can. Jeez, I'm just, this isn't even my list. I'm just using my runner-up list. I can't even get through it. Damn. <laughs> so a few other films I call out. Um, Changeling. That's a great movie. Yeah. I love that movie. I mean, fantastic. I gave it four and a half stars, which again, I think I bumped up on rewatch. Um, just as how good it is. I'm in a true story as well. Well, I I did look into it. It's it's basically true. There were some changes, but the it is inspired by actual events and it's not obnoxiously super inaccurate. It is the best I could say about it. But but spiritually, I think it was a, it was a very good film. Like for the, it, it was it was respectful of the time period and and that kind of thing. Um, and man, Angelina Jolie, I remember she did a great job of that. Yeah, she was really good. The film I rewatched last night, actually, so funny. Pineapple Express, um, absolutely stupid movie, but hilarious. Two final films I'll call out, and then I'll jump on to my actual pick, which is 2007. Um, one is The Strangers. So I'm not a big horror fan film, horror film fan, I should say. But that film, have either of you seen it? Yes, but it's been a while, and not recently enough I feel comf- comfortable talking about it. I, yeah, same. I've seen it ages ago ages ago yeah i mean I, I i haven't seen it probably since it came out but um i've never forgotten there's a there's a line in the film because the, the basic premise of it i won't spoil it because it's a great film but it's it, these people break into this couple's house and they just terrorize them and, and at one point uh the the female says to one of them like why why are you doing this to us and the person just replies because you were home and like holy shit that is terrifying like because there's people out there who would do that they'll just come in and murder you and rape you and rob you because you were home yeah so that that line has always stuck with me because i'm like damn that is terrifying uh final film i call out from 2008 is taken um I, i wouldn't say it's aged particularly well but i feel like i have to throw it in there just for what it is that is the cause of many parents anguish over over children's trips to europe <laughs> it, it also you can't i still okay i still treat that film as kind of a guilty pleasure i like it it i feel like that i don't know maybe i'm wrong but i feel like that was the first movie that gave way to this um this just flavor of like action revenge movies 
I don't know. I feel like John Wick wouldn't have happened without Taken already coming out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just this, it's hard to describe. It's kind of this, um, just a lot of visceral, like pure action style. Yeah. I mean, you had this like nineties and early two thousands action formula where those movies, you can, you can appreciate different ones individually, but they all kind of feel like they're cut from the same cloth almost. Uh, they they can be kind of cheesy, but they're fun, you know that kind of thing. And then Taken came out, and was this just kind of like gritty, unflinching, no bullshit? I, I it's so hard to describe this, but I feel like it, just so many movies would not have. And John Wick is a big one. I feel like John Wick would not have happened if Taken hadn't already come out. Even though I I do not think it fair to compare them. Uh, but I, I you know just one came before the other and just made the other one possible. And it's that is the best way I can explain it. I don't know. It's such an amorphous concept. And that's exactly why I put it in the list. Because I'm like, is it a great film? Uh, debatable. But for what it did and what it created, it has to be mentioned. I, I feel like it gave action films like another breath of, of air, you know? Yes. Yeah. I feel like it carries like a legacy because like, you know, you sort of the famous speech that Liam Neeson does mm-hmm. in it. I will yes. find you yeah. and I will kill you. That's become almost like a meme. Like people will recognize that whenever and know it's from Taken. Okay, so onto my actual list, <laughs> which is what I think the best year in film is. So my, I think the best year in film is 2007. So again, I'll call out a few films that I think are amazing and then just others that I think were all... I think every film I'm going to mention here, I have rated at like four stars or above. Um, some aren't rated because I haven't seen them in a while, but pretty much every film I'm going to mention is, I would say, is great or fantastic or perfect. So one film, I haven't actually seen it in a while. I remember when I watched it, I seem to remember... I would. I think it was like a five star film, and certainly everyone on Letterbox loves it. Uh, that is before the devil knows you're dead. Oh, that, oh my God! Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, first of all, is in my opinion one of the greatest actors to ever live. And uh, no, that is an absolutely phenomenal movie. Um, very good, very good pick. Yeah, uh, Zodiac is another I'd call out, which I know you recently watched, Christian, and gave it four stars, I believe. Yes, I did. Uh, it was outstanding. Um, and I gave it four and a half, so another fantastic film. Yeah. And a comedy, again, I'm, you know, I'm not a big comedy person, but Hot Fuzz, five-star film. So, so damn funny. Uh, classic, classic, classic. I, I'm not a big comedy person on principle, but that, that isn't to say that I don't like comedy movies. Uh, Hot Fuzz is a great movie. I feel like I might be beaten in the streets if I say it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially in England, because oh, it's like... Yeah. The peak of British comedy—it's just—it's just brilliant. I've also heard, even on Reddit, people who are police officers in small towns in in the UK have jumped in and said uh, that's actually like a really great movie for us. Uh, we feel seen, and that's pretty much how we feel. Like, <laughs> I think it, it sort of taps into like a lot of small villages in the UK have this sort of community feel where they're like super, super inside, you know, information and stuff. So it kind of taps into that. Yeah. So some other four-star, well, okay, five stars, but other films are called out, but I gave four stars. Um, American Gangster, I recently watched that, great film. Into the Wild, great film. And actually a more interesting story, if you look up the real-life story of Christopher McCandless, it's, it's very interesting. I haven't seen, this is a sequel, I haven't seen this or the original in a long time. I do own them on DVD, I haven't watched them in forever. Uh, 28 Weeks Later, which obviously was a sequel to 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. I, I still think that 28 Months Later is the best movie we never got to see. I'm prepared to die on that hill. I I heard it was going to happen probably 20 times. Um, it keeps like getting picked up and then dropped. 
I don't understand. I mean, it's it's the second the second movie worked so well, and they had such a momentum. I saw the twenty eight weeks later in theaters and was just I was just like I, I was afraid they were going to fuck it up, and I was like, this is it was a great movie. I love this movie. Where is my third film from that franchise? What the hell? A few more films will call out um, Disturbia with I never know how to say his name. Shia Le, how do you say his Sh- name? Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, him. He's gone a bit crazy, hasn't he? Or he was. Yeah, I kind of don't. I kind of don't care. Um, I kind of like him. I I don't know what it is. Um, I kind of like him. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not attacking him. I'm just um saying he was sort of went a bit like he. I think you saw him in um Transformers, right? Sort of like when he was younger. Even Stevens, if you want to throw it all the way back. And I think he went a bit off a different path after that. Yeah, Shia um, LaBeouf, um, I'm prepared to do an entire episode on him, uh, but I need to do research first. Uh, but I, I I, like him a lot. I just don't, I can't articulate why. If you want to attack Shia LaBeouf, uh, George, that's okay, because we, we attacked Kevin Bacon last week, so you know. Which I still feel bad about. He seems so nice. Like... <laughs> Oh, you attacked the bacon. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't really have a strong opinion on Kevin Bacon, so I neither disagree nor agree. All I know he does a lot of he does these phone adverts in the UK for a company called EE. So I see him on TV from time to time, just strolling around on the adverts. But you know, that's yeah. <laughs> it's very random. Uh, another four star film I'd call out, which I know neither of you think is worthy of four stars, um, but I enjoy it a lot, is I Am Legend. Great film. Don't care what you say. Trash fucking movie. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah, rubbish. 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 No, garbage. Literal fucking garbage. No, four star film. Great film. The scene where the dog died was effective. That was that was it. That was extremely effective. And uh, I think I may have teared up. Um, and I may again if I watch it again. But but overall, and and this is this is one of those things where I did. I actually oh, this was a while ago. I think I read the book after the movie, um, and it's it's just not even com- comparable. Uh, the the book is light years better than the movie. In fact, I thought the movie was kind of trash when I saw it, and then I read the book. I'm like, never mind. It's less than fucking garbage. It needs to be buried in the earth. I, half star, <laughs> yeah, half star, half star. I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm angry. There's sometimes you just you read the book and you're like they had everything they needed. This was this could you could change nothing and it's a fantastic movie. You know, um, you can give it to almost any director and then they give it to these fucking screenwriters. They I maybe it's an arrogance where like maybe they think they can write a better story or maybe they think they have to get rid of things to make a good adaptation when really I feel like it would have worked the way it was. I don't know. I'm not a screenwriter. Never lived that life. The movie sucks. Well. I Am Legend is a four-star film, and Terminator is still a two-star film, so stay mad, haters. That's all I can say. Oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I got a, oh, my God. I, I'm extremely, uh, whew, I don't even know what to say to that. Speechless. <laughs> can we mute Jason? <laughs> Let's get yeah. out of here. Let's get out. We're in the weeds now. Yeah. Final two films, and I will pass over to you two. Um, again, a film I'm including only because of the impact it's had on a genre, so much like Taken. Um, I would put Paranormal Activity in the list just because I feel like it, it sort of reinvigorated the whole found footage. To be fair, I watched that when I was younger, and it scared the fuck out of me. Like, I was terrified. You know that scene, you know that scene where they put the, is it 
they put something on the floor. Is it like flour or something? Yeah. And then you see the footprints in the flour going along. That terror that terrified me literally. I I also appreciate it. If I recall correctly, they did a lot of like interesting cinema like camera tricks, like a, a lot of practical effects that were really goofy. Like yeah, really really weird stuff that hadn't been tried before. And uh, if I remember correctly, they made that on an extreme budget. Um, the final film I'd call out only for the sake of thirteen year old me is. Bridge to Terabithia. Oh my god, when that came out, I had the biggest crush on Anna Sophia Rob. The biggest, like she was. I put her as the my the wallpaper on my desktop computer. Like thirteen year old me was in love with her. Like it was yeah. She was your dream girl. <laughs> didn't that have a really sad? Didn't it have a really sad ending? Yeah, yeah. That has a sad ending. Yeah, I mean. Probably not worthy of being in your tragic ending list, but yes, it is a sad ending. Well, if it has a tragic ending, it's going to make it in the list. It just depends on how far up it's going to go, you know? Cool. Well, I'll hand over to either one of you who wants to kick it off first with what you think the best year in film is. Shall I start next? Yeah, George, you want to take it? I actually picked a different year since since we talked before the episode um, that I'm, I'm much more confident on. I'll hand it over to George. Okay, well... I know you guys... 1939. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1922. Yeah, 1940. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, as you can hear, you you know, these guys thought I was going to go for an early year, but I'm going for 20... I'm going for 2019. Shock, shock. Wow. Shock horror. I need to look at my 2019 list. Half of it was because I thought it was a very, like, commercially successful year pre-COVID, um, with Endgame, there was a uh, Rise of Skywalker, um, Lion King. Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Endgame. Uh. Um. <laughs> oh, Parasite. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's, it's actually a very good year. You're right. Oh, really? Parasite. Wow. Parasite is still the highest rated film on Letterboxd. That's crazy. Yeah, Parasite. Um, Marriage Story. I can go through some more. So there's, you know, Joker, The Favourite, Knives Out, which I thought was a bit overrated. But I still, I still liked it. No, Knives Out was great. You're wrong. Sorry. Jojo, Jojo, <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. I loved, I loved Jojo Rabbit. By the way, same. I, the comedy for me, like Taika Waititi, just got it pitch perfect. Like the comedy, just spot on. No, Jojo Rabbit was outstanding, and I don't understand when people say they hate it. I don't get it. Although I know you guys hate superhero movies, but he did um for Ragnarok. It's a, yeah, so it's like the similar kind of comedy. Like it's his style. That's that's the that's like my favorite superhero movie, and and to 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 sort of defend myself a little bit, I see all the superhero movies. I watch them all. I I have not seen them all, but I I usually get around to seeing them all. Um, it's just that that they almost all of always do basically nothing for me. Thor Ragnarok. I look at that. I don't even think of it as a superhero movie. I think of it as a comedy, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's extremely funny. It really, really is. Literally, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I mean, twenty nineteen. Yeah, it, I think it sort of cr- it sort of cranked up towards like September time because the sort of Oscar the Oscar season starts. So all of those releases we just, most of those releases we just talked about kind of you know started in later in the year because Oscar bait season. Parasite, massive success story, as you guys know. Did you guys see um Marriage Story? Yeah, yeah. What did you think? My wife did not like it as much as I did. Um, but I, I really, really, really liked it. I loved it too. Yeah. Adam Driver. Um, Scarlett Johansson as well. Um, she got two two Oscar nominations for Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story. There's a 
there's a few other films I'll just throw in there quickly from 2019 that I think are worthy of mention. Um, Official Secrets with Kira Knightley, another British film, uh, Mrs. Lowry and Son, a film with another film with Brad Pitt. Obviously, you already mentioned Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I'd also call that Ad Astra. That was a good film. I didn't actually, I didn't actually watch that. That was. Um, I need to see that again. I remember very much liking that movie, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it lacked some kind of staying power. I think I just need to see it again. I've also got. Let's see. Um, Ford versus Ferrari. The Irishman, and my final, well, my final film we'll talk about was The Lighthouse. That is probably number one movie on my list of movies I really need to see, based on reputation. Yeah. Again, Christian, I it's I keep on finding films that you'd like because this is really your thing. Yeah, I'm like desperate to see that movie because the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, why haven't I bought that movie yet? I'm a big fan of um Rob Eggers. He did um The Witch. Have you guys seen The Witch? Mm-hmm. That's a very good movie. I own that one. That's a very good movie. Very slow burn. I can see why a lot of people don't like it, but I, I thought it was great. My wife loved The Witch. No, I love it. It's so it's yeah. so atmospheric, Extremely. so like moody. It's great. I actually picked... Um, I had to think about this uh, for a while, and I originally had picked a, uh, a different year, but I, I think I'm going to go with 1994. Hey, the year of my birth. You are correct. That is the best year, only because I was born in that year. Oh, my God. I, all right. So... <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the number of films I'm about to rattle off, okay? Leon the Professional. My, yes. Yeah, yep. stand out. Yeah, best film from that year, hands down. The Lion King, yep. not the shitty remake. Yeah, classic. Action. Childhood classic. One of the best Disney films ever. I completely agree. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Um, Forrest Gump, which I Ooh. think both of those are both... Uh... Oh, okay, Christian. Jason hates Forrest Gump. You guys got you guys got to list Taken for its impact. I'm listing Forrest Gump for its impact, and I think it's a better movie than than Jason. And and Jason, when you raise your Terminator score, you can say whatever you want. Until then, Forrest Gump is a very good movie. You did not appreciate. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh my Forrest God. Gump is a pile of shit, half a star, trash. Next, <laughs> uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's on my list. It's a good film. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. You know. If if you think it's overrated, you still have to admit it is one of the more influential movies of the last thirty years. It's got a bit of like the sort of film. I get a bit triggered because it's sort of got that sort of like film bro thing around it, where it's like oh, like every film, every guy in college has to like Pulp Fiction. Well, correct, something. correct. And, but you know, right. I mean, it's it's the movie that every guy in college has a poster of in their dorm room, so it, it's still it's influential. You get you can't say it's not. It is not one of those movies where, like, I'm annoyed by the other people who have seen it, but it is it is objectively like an outstanding film. Um, and then some personal favorites: Legends of the Fall. I love that movie. Um, Clerks, which is not—I don't think Clerks is like one of the best movies ever, but it's it influential, sure, certainly. Um, there, are, there's some stuff here for uh, people who I don't like to. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out with people who like these movies, but also influential: Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Again, not for me, but a lot of people love those movies. It, it adds to the score. Um, the Crow, which has kind of a cult following for some of the, honestly, more for some of the stuff that happened behind the scenes. Yeah. The Mask, again, for stuff that, that's, that's kind of a nostalgia pick for me. Jeez, was, was 1994 like Jim Carrey's year or something? Jeez. Yeah, seriously. He was extremely relevant in 94. I can throw one in. Uh, speed. Yeah, I was going to say Speed, actually. That's the next thing I was going to say. That is actually um, 
people don't talk enough about that movie anymore. It's a great, it's yeah, actually it's a really good. great movie. It's good. It's a great movie. Yeah. For comedies, Naked Gun, 33, the one third, the final insult. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? There was some other stuff in here. Uh, they wanted to talk about Miracle on 34th street uh, for kids movies. I mean that when I was a kid, that was a great movie. The Flintstones movie, probably the greatest film ever created. And, and, and time cop. I mean, how can you, you know, so we, we are, we are getting into jokes a little bit like Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen. Oh, classic, classic. Richie Rich. Yeah. No matter what you're into, 94 had it. You know what I mean? I, I feel like we all had good years. Like, I feel like every year was a strong contender. Like, there's no, like, none of the years we picked were like, mm, I don't think so. I mean, to, to be fair, again, you can pick any, well, I think any year. You can pick a lot of years. Oh, yeah, you can pick yeah. any year. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you can put 100 people in a room and ask them what the best year in film is. You get 100 different answers. It's true. But um, I, no one said 1939. We're not super basic. So I might hand the virtual mic over to Christian. Your interesting topic. Well, you, you guys know I'm a big physical media collector. I actually, my younger brother came to visit me for like the only time ever recently. And uh, and he, he looked at my collection and he's like, and he he I, he gave me a lot of shit. He's like, you collect Blu-rays and DVDs. That's what he sounds like, by the way. And he's like, and he's like, he's like, why everything's streamed? And um, and you know, I just I don't know something about. First of all, there are some films that had like one obscure DVD release in like some Eastern Bloc country or something. Uh, one of them, which I'm should be delivered any day now. I'm very excited. Um, but you know, some stuff I can't yet even find to torrent like i can't find them to download anywhere i can't find them online anywhere um so it's there it plus when i find them and i have them forever you know my hard drive is never gonna you know whatever and uh i i do love collecting physical things but at the same time special features how can it be special features can't netflix does i i'm surprised that none of these streaming services have included special features for their streaming releases I think it's like licenses issues. Like a lot of the boutique labels include extras because they've got like deals. Yeah, to... which is just shocking to me. I don't know. I feel like someone would have found a way around that. One of these big conglomerates. And it really, it really enhances your viewing when you watch special features. It really does so much. And I don't always have the time to. I don't always have the time to go through them, but I'm always like, you know what? I do want to come back and watch all the special features on this disc when I get the chance. Yeah, but I, I don't know. There's something about it. I absolutely love it. I love having a physical collection. I love the box art. I, I think down the line, it's going to be treated similarly to um, uh, vinyl records. And I do feel like this is going to age better than VHS. I don't know if I have anything concrete to back that up on. And a lot of people are going to say that's stupid. Streaming is the future, whatever. But I, I, I don't know something about it. So the thing is, I buy a lot of films based on reputation and then they suck or I think they suck. And so I do have, it's not a big stack, thankfully, but I do have a, a number of movies that I have physically purchased that I do not care for. I'm curious for, I know Jason, you don't have like, you have, you own a few films. You're more of a, you're like the biggest streamer in the group. You're they're the most normal. <laughs> I thought my DVD collection was quite large it's probably about i'm guessing because i don't have it in front of me i'm guessing it's probably like 50 films say but i thought that was like a big collection then i met you two and, and you guys in george your collection is what like 250 christian yours like 350 i'm i'm yeah I'm all, I'm all over 300 but that's the thing is there's always a bigger fish i'll go on reddit and someone's like oh i only have 2,000 films i'm like wow fuck <laughs> you know i'm sitting here with 300 i thought that was impressive it's not if you go on the internet that's gonna happen i've had people come over and tell me i have like a lot of books like that's like a whole library it's like first of all 
you been in a library? Second of all, you think that's a lot of books? Really? It's not like go online. There are people who like their houses are basically libraries. That's insane. That's crazy. That's a lot of books, you know. I'm not. I mean, I have said I've probably fifty DVDs. I I I need to buy more because um, there's a lot of films that I've watched and I've loved and I would love to rewatch again. So I'll buy the DVDs. So I, I'll buy DVDs somewhat occasionally, but I'm certainly don't have a collection to rival either of you two. But on the streaming point, actually, I only got Netflix six months ago. I think. Like I'm very new to the streaming game. I, I was. Wow, you're the last one. Yeah, I was a holdout for a long time, and then I was like, oh, I should get Netflix. So. Um, yeah, I'm a sort of between two worlds as such. I'm not a big streamer. I'm not a big physical media guy. I mean, because so much of what I watch is on the TV. I'm, I'm the weird outlier where like 80% of what I watch. Oh, like with commercials and everything? Yeah, full on. That's so weird. Yeah. So many people talk about that. So many people are like, I could never watch free to air TV. There's so many ads. Because I'm just like, yeah, there are a lot of ads, fair point. But you just sort of, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm decent to it. Like, you're just used uh, to it. That would annoy me so much. I'm sorry. I couldn't do that. I No, I have a visceral hatred for advertisements. Yeah. It's weird to me that you could that you could tolerate it to any extent. Um, I, I actually cannot understand that. But well, more power to you. It's impressive. I, I feel like it was maybe because I was so late to the streaming game. So, so many people have been watching stuff on Netflix or Amazon or Disney or Apple TV Plus or whatever for so many years where they'd gotten used to watching things without ads, for instance. And I and I, I was so late to it. I'm like, okay, ads are normal, whatever. It's like you found the city of El Dorado and you're like, no, I prefer the jungle. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, how after you've started streaming, can you possibly go back and stomach advertisements? Drives me crazy. Like, I, I heard a rumor that Netflix was going to include advertisements. Like, even though you pay for it, uh, they were going to have ads. And I'm like, if they do that, I'm canceling tomorrow. If I find out that's definitely going to happen, canceled. I don't need Netflix that badly. Fuck it. I will not do advertisements. Will not do it. No, it's I'm I'm weird. Don't worry. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, Jason. I don't want to be. I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how you can watch commercials. It's it's the worst. What out of what you, out of what you own? What what do you wish you didn't get? Yeah, I I picked a tertiary list. It's it's sounds like it's not. It's really not that many. Um, uh, Nightmare Weekend. Um, which I, I don't remember the year this came out. Eighty five. Um, now, this is a movie that my wife warned me about. She had this friend uh, through her brother when they were younger, uh, before I met her. And he like his grandparents had a big house or something and they had like a big movie room. And he had like this. He was a weird guy. He had a collection of like really weird, obscure films, most of them like, you know, like 70s and 80s, like exploitation films, that kind of thing. And this is one of those. It's a horror movie. It, this is the one of the weirdest fucking movies I've ever seen. Uh, I and I actually bought it because she was talking about it, and I was like, it can't be that bad. I bet there's because I like older movies, you know. It's one of the strangest goddamn things I've ever put in my my player. Uh, I don't even know. I can't even give you a synopsis. It's just bizarre. It's super bizarre. I don't know. Um, the Last Stand with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think this was like his comeback to film after being governor of California, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Kim Ji Woon directed this. This was like his American film directorial debut. I feel it seems like I'm in the minority. People like this more than I do for the most part. I thought it sucked. I was like, I, I don't know. I, the jokes are not funny to me. The action is very bleh. The, the, the people in like the people in the movie are incomprehensible. Like none of them act like people. It's a dumb fucking movie. I don't know. I love Schwarzenegger. I don't know what the hell. And I love Kim Ji-woon. I don't know what they were doing. Um, Night of cups. I'll use that word again. Incomprehensible. Uh, this is Terrence Malick, I believe. And this is just, uh, it doesn't have a plot. I don't think there was even a script. Um, 
what it seemed like, and what I believe actually was the case, and I, I might be misremembering this, is that there was no script. They just had, it's just, a, it's like a two, it's a, it's a north of two hours film uh, of beautiful cinematography, but all they do is they just point a camera at Christian Bale while he walks around and looks at shit. That's the entire movie. That's the whole movie. He walks around and looks at shit and they play like, they play like, um, you know, like emotional sounding music. And he says like poetic things over it. And that's, that's the whole movie. This is a high budget art student throwaway film, basically. Uh, and people, and it's one of those films where it's like, it's brilliant and you can appreciate the nuances of film and Terrence Malick or like you think you hate it because you're a Philistine. Um, no, I, I don't think of myself as a Philistine. I don't think there was a point to this fucking movie. I watched a YouTube video of a Christian Bale being interviewed on this movie. And he was like trying to like find things to say about it. There's, it's a pointless goddamn film. I don't understand what it, it's a beautiful looking piece of trash. Um, Howl. This is a, a British film, actually. Uh, it's a two thousand something movie. Uh, I don't remember. It's um, I found it on some internet list of like hidden gems of like low budget horror movies. Not enough people talk about. Um, I don't know what the fuck they're watching because this movie, it wasn't very good. Um, the characters were obnoxious. Uh, it's, I was like, no, this isn't. Uh, I think that that person was really reaching for that one. Another British one, The Day of the Triffids. This um, this is the, the more recent adaptation. I don't remember the year, but it's. Uh, I watched it years ago and remembered liking it more. And then I bought it again. I was like, no, I misremembered it. I like Eddie Izzard, um, but this was mostly trash. Uh, I got uh, this is a Spielberg film, an animated film, an American tale. Five goes west. I bought this and then realized it sucked. And then I looked it up and everyone's like, oh, you got to watch the other American tale. And I, I'm like, ah, maybe you're right. But I, I don't know. One day I'll get around to it. I'm burned out on American tale right now. I recently collected all of the Critters movies. Critters attack was hot garbage. This was a Disney Channel movie with fake blood. It was fucking stupid. Waking life. My stoner brother told me about this one, and he said it's like one of the his favorite movies. And it just, ah, it's got an interesting animation style. I like the like the cell shaded art, but it just, um, I like twenty minutes in, my wife was like, "Can we turn this off? This is one of the most pretentious things I've ever seen." <laughs> and she compared it to Knight of Cups, and it's actually kind of a, a um, an inside joke in our house that Knight of Cups is like she she hates that movie. She actively hates it. I will say we should watch it just to get a reaction out of her. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. And she she compared it to Knight of Cups, which is never a good sign. Um, Southbound, which is actually one of those anthology films. It's an anthology horror film with extremely dated CGI. Now, I say overall, this was a bad purchase choice. However, there is one short, there's one short film as part of the anthology that is way disproportionately better than the rest of the film. I mean, it was it was like most of the shorts, short film things are like a two out of 10. And then one right in the middle was like a nine out of 10 for me. And it was it was like a medical horror thing. Uh, people who have seen it will know exactly which one I'm talking about because it really stands out. The quality, I don't know if it was directed by a different person. I, I probably knew this when I first got it, but it's just, it was trash, 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 absolute gold mine, and then trash, trash. But overall, it, this was a mistake. And then the Untouchables. Oh, really? Oh, that's a surprise. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was also very surprised because I was prepared. I was very prepared to like this movie um, a lot. But it's first of all, I was like, this can't. This kid. This is supposed to be based on true events, which it is. 
And I was like, it cannot have possibly have happened like this. And so I look it up and basically this, they took one actual event and then made it all up. Like it's, it's ostensibly there. These were real people that existed, but the whole movie is just total bogus. They just made it up like seemingly as they went along. Like it's just, it's so so far away from how it actually happened that it, it's it's almost like a complete work of fiction. It was very melodramatic when Sean Connery died. Spoilers, of course, but I know that scene. Yeah, although he has, he does a good performance in the film. I thought Sean Connery wasn't the problem. The, the what they wrote for him was the problem. It was like a twenty five minute like I'm dying. Like it was just so melodramatic, over the top. They I feel like they wasted a lot of talent. I feel like the screenwriters decided to change almost every single fact of the true event, which was interesting enough as, as it stood. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I was, I got to the end. I was like, I don't know. I, something about this movie I just did not like. And then I looked more up about the movie itself. And I was like, now I hate it. Now I hate it. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's probably going to be the most unpopular pick. Um, but I, that movie sucked. It was awful. I, well, I, I liked it at the time. I did. I need to rewatch it. I've got a friend who loves it, so he'd probably have a problem. Yeah, a lot of people love this movie. I had a patient who had a big uh, a poster of it in his, like, his man cave kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, you like that movie, huh? All right. I think it's another case of, like, the film bro sort of thing. I think it's kind of a film bro movie. A lot yeah. of people like it. Which, and, it and it doesn't deserve it. So a lot of film bro movies, like, we'll, we'll say Pulp Fiction again. It's a film bro movie. It's a great movie. I can see why it's a film bro movie. I don't understand. I don't understand why people like this movie. I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, as you know, I'm not a big physical collector, so I might defer to you, George, if there's any picks you'd call out in terms of things you bought that you didn't like. I don't have as many as you, Christian, um, because I've tended to be lucky in a sense that 90% of my collection I like, um, but there are a couple. And the first is Eight and a Half by Federico Fellini. Really? Yes. Um, see, that, see I, I only know that film off reputation, but I know it's supposed to be like one of the best ever. It's got a massive reputation. I was bored to shit wow. through the whole thing. And I, I, the the cinematography and some of it was was good, but like the plot just meandered along. The actor, I hated the main actor, like not him, but like the character. I didn't resonate with him at all. Um, it was sort of like this sort of surrealist type plot, which I just couldn't get in. So I didn't like it. Um, I'm gonna try more Fellini films, but because I know he's very he's very revered as like you know one of the, one of the best of all time. But I just could not get into it, and at the end, I sat there um, thinking, you know, what, you know, what, what's the fuss about, basically? But yeah, so that was my first one. My second one was The Passion of Joan of Arc, which is um, a silent film from 1928. I, I'm a big fan of the Joan of Arc like story from history. I have not seen that movie though. Oh, I, I love the story. I love the story, but it's basically her trial. It's uh, her trial. It's very influential. Um, the actress who plays Joan of Arc is heralded as one of the best act, like one of the best acting performances of all time. I, again, I couldn't quite get on board with it. I thought she was overacting. It was all the time. The camera's close up here all the time. And it's like really overdramatic face expression. And I thought I'd like it because I read a lot of reviews. You know, people, people said it was great. But again, I didn't like it. Apart from that, most of... The other ones are sort of in like box sets. So I've got like, um, I've got the whole Alien franchise uh alien 3 i don't like yeah it's kind of a guilty another guilty pleasure of mine is that movie yeah i 
I despised what they did to the characters in the first scene. They just, you know, uh, well, I don't know, Jason, you really care about, I don't know, care about spoilers. I haven't seen any of the alien films and I don't know, I don't know when I was thinking. But basically they kill off one of the main characters from Aliens in like the first scene. Two, two of the main characters. They didn't get scenes, they're just dead at the start. And also some of the effects, some of the effects with the alien, I just thought they tried this like stop motion thing. I just thought it looked really like just bad yeah i just i just couldn't get behind it i liked alien resurrections i quite liked that one yeah the joss whedon one but yeah 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 i i also liked that movie and uh i i do actually feel like i should hate that movie but something about it i just i think yeah something about it i'm actually glad to run into another person who says that i was prepared to hate it but at the end i was like oh that was actually pretty decent like I, i enjoyed that and then in my bond box set obviously there are like three or four Films like On Her Majesty's Secret Service, um, Diamonds Are Forever, which I discussed last, I think last time, um, but I'm not a fan of those. Yeah, dis- disliking anything James Bond, that's like, that's like Americans saying they don't like George Washington. I mean, <laughs> that's true, but trust me, there are some stinkers in James Bond. Like, there are some stinkers. What, uh, wasn't there a third topic uh, you wanted to go over? What was that? Yes, um, it was under sort of underappreciated performances. By an actor or an actress in a film, Hugh Jackman in the Fountain. There you go. That, I've seen that come up a lot. I've seen that come up a lot. He did one of the best. He did one of the best, like ugly crying scenes ever. Um, I, I recently, I was recently listening to Sardonicast podcast, and Adam, um, who's like one of my favorite people I've never met. I, I just love everything he says, uh, but I don't agree with everything he says. And he, he, in fact, all of them pretty much shit on that movie um, as being like the worst Aaron Aronofsky film. And I'm, I love it. I love that movie. I don't know why um, that's, you can't agree with everything with your heroes, I guess. Uh, but I, I was just like, no, it's still great. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm you know, plugging my ears, not listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that film, he was, uh, he just blew me away in that movie. Hugh Jackman did um, that crying scene was so realistic. It's something about it. You know he's he's great in um, Prisoners as well he is. by Dennis Villeneuve. And I, I he's great. In I that. think his overall performance in that was better, but that crying scene in the fountain that is a standout moment of acting for me. Well, mine. I don't think you guys have seen this. Have you seen Possession? No. Um, nineteen eighty one. Andrei Zawalski. No, you just told me about that earlier today. Uh, that's on my list now, but I've not seen it. It's about uh, it's about a marriage sort of breaking apart, and as it breaks apart, some just crazy, crazy shit happens. It's set in Berlin. I love Sam Neill too, and Sam Neill and the actress is called Isabella Adjani. Uh, um, okay. She's a French actress, and she won the Cannes Best Actress Award uh, for the film. But some of the stuff she does, she puts her whole like soul on screen. It is crazy. Like there's this one subway scene where she sort of breaks down. Um, I won't spoil it because it's sort of best based in the context of the film. But like what she does, I, I, I find it so hard to describe, but it's just such like, a brave performance. Like she just goes absolutely just, her performance just goes off the tarts, like like above 10 out of 10. And her, the, the whole film is like that. She puts everything on screen. Like I've never seen, a, I've never seen an actress so wholeheartedly devoted to doing the stuff she does in the film. Mostly because of the content of it. It's just mental. Right, so Jason, 
what was your yeah so i I picked out a few i don't know if i have a one i would call out i'll just add a few i'll run through them quickly because then we're short on time so yeah i don't know who i would pick out of these but i just call them all out because i think we're all underrated somewhat um joe pesci and casino you know anytime robert de niro is in a film with like al pacino or joe pesci i'm like he can't he can't hold his own like if it's a gangster film Robert De Niro can't be a gangster because, like, Joe Pesci or Al Pacino are infinitely better gangsters. I, well, I'm, in, I'm interested to hear you say that because I, I think of De Niro on that same level. I really do. I don't know. I've never thought that. I thought he's always portrayed gangsters pretty well, De Niro. Yeah, uh, see, De Niro is a dramatic actor, and actually, he's actually the next film I'm going to call out. Um, I think he's great, but I just, I can't. Is it when he's a gangster? I mean, admittedly, I haven't seen Goodfellas. It's, I've got the DVD sitting in front of my TV. It's sat there for so many months. But yeah, I just, when he's in a film like Casino, I'm like, you're not convincing as a gangster, Robert De Niro. Joe Pesci, I can see, he's like a crazy fucking unhinged lunatic, and I'm like, yeah, I could see you being this mafia lunatic guy but Robert Neal I'm like you're not tough you didn't scare me at all a few other ones I'll pick out quickly um so Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken in The Deer Hunter I thought they were both fantastic I feel like The Deer Hunter is never called out in terms of like when De Niro like it's always like oh taxi driver and raging bull and blah 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 and I'm like hello The Deer Hunter is one of the best films ever like how is this not mentioned the next one I feel like people think of this as like an average sort of movie but I really liked it um, the next three days, Russell Crowe. I feel like he was really good in that. And I feel like that's a really good action movie, um, if you like action. Um, a film I called out before, The Wrestler, Mickey Rourke, I think was absolutely fantastic. I know film people like that film and talk about it, but the general public, I feel like, doesn't really know about that film a whole lot. And it is just said five-star film. Incredible. The final film I'd call out, um, again, sort of similar to, to De Niro, how the deer hunter often gets overlooked. I feel like this film gets overlooked for this actor, which is Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. I feel like people think Tom Hanks, they think of, you know, Boris Gom, Castaway, et cetera, et cetera. But people never call out Road to Perdition, and I think that's a really good film. And he was really good in it. Sort of going against type as such. I mean, he doesn't really play sort of tough guy gangster characters often. Um, but I thought he did really good in that film. So those are my picks. I don't know who, I don't know which of those I would consider, like, the most underrated ever. Um, but I think they're all, I think they're all worthy of chatting about i think that wraps up episode five george will be back next week episode six uh christian will be back at an undetermined date because yeah, he's off i have a family uh event that i uh cannot skip um so that that falls unfortunately on the weekend where i'm supposed to come back so we will yeah so we'll just have to kind of see where i come back I, it, it's definitely i'm coming back of course uh, but it, i might it might, I know because of the way that we, we go back and forth, there might be a bit of a hiatus there uh, unintentionally. So we'll, we'll see. We'll figure it out. The three of us will be all back together in a month anyway to uh, kick off kick off November. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Save the date. Save the date. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Well, thanks as usual. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, as ever, we'd love it if you would give us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.